thinking about next year. Yeah. For the for the sportsmanship um, presentation at the policy meeting, saying um, talking about that and and like I, I, it's weird because you don't want to be talking down to people, but at the same time you got to get your message across and say you are not above this. Yeah, you I, know? I I think that definitely is the message that uh, you know. That's definitely the message that you have to uh, send. In part, yep. One second. Okay, that's good. Okay, let's see here. The phone is good. We are recording. Our levels are up. I'm muting our. the studios of PANJ Radio in beautiful Lambertville, New Jersey, and simulcast across the world via this thing they call the internet. Welcome to the Strike Zone. I'm your home plate umpire and crew chief producer engineer, Jack Furlong. Manning the bases, as always, is Kurt Mackison. 
Your two-way sports talk phone number is 609-460-4673 in case you have any questions. While Twitter is at Jack Furlong and at KurtMack23, respectively. Here's a starting lineup for today's show. John Marks of Philly Football Talk will join us as we break down the NFL draft. We'll talk about the Giants, the Eagles, the Jets. Kurt, of course, is already foaming at the mouth waiting for us to talk about the Giants. We will do that as well. And, of course, we'll be taking your phone calls. But first, let us recap the local and national sports scene with a little segment we like to call The Quick Pitch. Well, the Yankees are hot despite losing yesterday 7-4. to Jordan Montgomery went five innings pitched with three runs, three hits, four walks, and seven strikeouts. Matt Holliday went two for four with a homer. Didi Gregorius went three for six with two RBIs. Yanks welcoming the Blue Jays for three beginning tonight at seven. That's Marco Estrada against Luis Severino. Following the series is a five-game interleague road trip with three in Chicago and two in Cincinnati. The Mets, on the other hand, their two-game winning streak was snapped following a horrible homestand. Yesterday, they lost 23-5. to Noah Syndergaard went one and a third innings with five runs, five hits, two walks, two strikeouts before leaving with a possible lat strain. They've now confirmed it is a partial tear of the lat. No timetable for his return, but he is heading to the 10-day DL. Rene Rivera went two for four with a homer. Jay Bruce went three for four with two ribbies. The Mets head to Atlanta to start a four-game series tonight at 7.35. That's Robert Gesellman against Julio Tehran. Mets will return home this weekend for a six-game homestand starting with three against Miami. The Phillies' perfect homestand was destroyed with a sweep at the hands of the Dodgers, losing yesterday 5-3. Nick Pavetta went five innings, two runs, nine hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Odubel Herrera, one for two with a homer and two ribbies. Cameron Rupp had three hits on the day. Phil's now head to Chicago to start a four-game set with the Cubs tonight at 8. That's Vince Velasquez against Brett Anderson. Phil's will then head home this weekend for a five-game homestand, beginning with three against Washington. After sweeping New Hampshire this past week, the Trenton Thunder took two of three from the Erie Seawolves, winning yesterday 4-0. Ronald Herrera went five and a third innings with no runs, three hits, one walk, four strikeouts. Kleber Torres returned from the DL and went two for three. Mike Ford, three for four with two ribbies. They now welcome in Harrisburg for three games tonight, starting at seven, followed by a road trip that starts with five against Erie. Somerset Patriots were swept this weekend by the York Revolution, losing 2-1. to one. Lucas Irvine, five innings pitched, one run, six hits, no walks, two strikeouts. Tyler Bortnick went 4-4. Four for four. Patriots head to New Britain for a four-game set with the Bees starting tonight at 6.30 before returning home for three with York. The Mercer Mud Dogs got their first victory yesterday, winning 13-2. Nick Senator, seven innings pitched, two runs, three hits, four walks, 14 strikeouts, and a ribby double of his own. Evan Giordano and Jacob Cordelieu had two hits apiece. Over in hockey, Predators beat the Blues 3-1 to take a 2-1 series lead. Ducks beat the Oilers 6-3, but Edmonton still holds a 2-1 series lead. Capitals and Penguins tonight at 7.30. Pittsburgh's up 2 to nothing, And the Rangers host the Senators in Game 3 on Tuesday at 7. Ottawa's up two games to nothing. In basketball, the Jazz closed out the Clippers 104-91 to win the series 4-3. They'll take on the Warriors next. Celtics beat the Wizards 123-111. Boston's up one game. Raptors and Cavs, Rockets and Spurs both begin tonight. Football, we'll discuss the draft in a second. And in golf, Cameron Smith and Jonas Blix won the Zurich Classic of New Orleans this morning, shooting 27 under and prevailing after four playoff holes. And that is your quick pitch. Well, I certainly spoke fast there. I guess that's why they call it the quick pitch. Anyway, let's bring in my good buddy, Kurt Mackison. Hey, Kurt, how are you? Hey, Jack. It's not the only thing you do quick. Oh, 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 snap. It's on now. It's on. You're lucky I only got about six hours of sleep. Oh. Uh, So, 
I was up working late for the show. I was prepping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call it now. Yeah, prepping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we have uh, John on to talk about uh, the Eagles, why don't we start with the Jets a little bit, uh, and we'll get into the Giants a little later. Um, I guess the big question I have to start with is, the hell were they doing? Did they even did they even know there was a draft? And do they even the know? Jets? Do they even know what their needs are? Well, their needs are everything. Everything. <laughs> so you, I mean, you can't argue too much about their draft picks. I mean, I just look. I at mean, the, I, I look at what happened with with the draft, and I said, does Chicago know what? The well, heck that's is going there's on? that too. Unfortunately, I just looked local, and then I stopped because that's as much work as I wanted to do last <laughs> night. <laughs> But, I mean, first and foremost, it was an electric atmosphere in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I can't even get into that anymore. I but just, it was... Yeah, it's, uh, the, those, it's like the WWE were, now, for well, crying out huge. loud. It was huge. And, That's uh, also what she said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everybody buying into events like this now with the draft, where it's just an opportunity, I guess, to go out and hang out. Oh, totally. Especially in Philly, where we all know what those sports fans are like. Yeah, well, they give the loudest yeah. Fly Eagles Fly song... I've ever heard. And, well, and and they throw snowballs at Santa. They threw snowballs at Santa. So, so we'll talk to John about their draft. Right. I mean, um, with, with the Jets, I think the, 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 the thing that threw me was they had so many needs. It was just one thing? That well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, this is the same guy you're talking about who tried to give the Jets away as a prize at a local trivia night. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're talking about what should we give away as prizes? I don't know, gift cards, money, the New York Jets. Yeah. Know. So, I mean, that like that... Yeah. Uh, um, Simpsons episode where Homer wanted to buy the Dallas Cowboys and he had to settle for the Denver Broncos. Right. It's like, oh, oh what a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I, I mean, I, just, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm an idiot, so don't take anything I say seriously, but... You're wearing green today. Though. I am wearing we'll, green. We'll so. tell Jets and Eagles fans that. Thank Jack you. Is of course, the, it, it, the, the shirt has a picture of the honey badger on it, and the caption reads, don't care. So, I mean, it kind of <laughs> cancels itself out. I'm just looking at, at, the, at the Jets draft, and, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, did they go for the best player available at the time? Well, or? I think that was the consensus with Jamal Adams, right. that he was the best player he fell to them. So they had to at, op- at take the opportunity. Yeah, I'm not 100% convinced that's where you grab a safety. Right. I think maybe that's another part that, uh, that had me subconsciously questioning it. But, you know, I guess time will tell. I mean, from, from a value standpoint, certainly Jamal Adams was a top 10 pick on most – was almost a consensus top 10 pick right. on everybody's board. So from that standpoint, they got value. Um, then they doubled it up with another safety. With Marcus May. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, when you have so many needs. But I, I think that the story about the Jets right now is that they did add talent to their mix. Right. And their story is yet to be written in that, you know, are they going to bring in a Jay Cut- Cutler? That was going to be my next question was – I'm looking at, and the I draft. agree with them not going quarterback. Right. So, so, so my next question is: Okay, so they did not draft a single quarterback in this draft. A smart move. Which is a okay. So, so does that mean that it's going to be Hackenberg and Petty, or are they going to try and bring in someone like well, they've got, Cutler? I mean, they've already got McCowan in in the fold. Right. So, so, so what's do I mean, they? But 
you know, that's a career backup. Right. Now, do they look at it because obviously demand is low for Jay Cutler? Right. To me, he's in, he's still an upgrade over what they have. Okay. However, right. But now, they also but now they and they've got to put together a representative team. Right. You would think next year. One would, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, they have so many holes to plug. That kind of rebuilding, you know, I don't know if that's something that you can do in one season. And and I mean, well, Cleveland Browns have kind of made um, a millennium out of it. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> you know I mean? like an they eon, spent this if better, you will. They spent the better part of the two thousands and. 2010s trying to trying to get this right. In fact, I bet you they were trying to get it right back around the time that Jesus was born. I mean, that's how be. long I think it's taken. I think the since Browns. Jim Brown was, yeah. Well, Jim right. Brown and Jesus were around at the same time. Yeah, so could have been. Um, I think they were in that movie with Raquel Welch. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't buoys. <laughs> I mean, I just, I guess the, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this question. You you took Hackenberg with a pretty high pick last year. Correct? Yes. Okay. So why are we looking now at, you? okay, you, is, is McCown going to be your backup, and is, is, is Cutler going to come in, and what is he supposed to do, just put the carrot in front of Hackenberg? I mean, I mean, the, the whole thing just sends mixed messages, and this seems like it's just same old Jets. I mean, we could have had this whole thing if we just kept Idzik at, at the helm for crying out loud. Uh, I, I don't think from Jets fans you would get much of an argument right. at, the, at this point. Um I think the one thing that we haven't touched on that, that is a factor as well is w- what's going on with that offensive line. That's another thing is that they did, they did not Mango touch the offensive down. line. They did not touch right. linebacker. Yeah, I mean, you know, just looking at the Jets' defense, they have some parts there, especially with, with uh, Jamal Adams in the picture right. now. Uh, you have to wonder, um, you know, what, what they're going to do in this secondary post, you know, Revis year. So mainly a cornerback. Now right. we kind of know what they're going to do with safety. Right. And, and they Jamal, also, Jamal Adams can be started from day one. They did draft two cornerbacks and their, their very last picks. I mean, their, their grades are a little low. You got like a 5.1 for Jeremy Clark and a 4.9 in Derek Jones. So, I mean, you can, you can, you can, you can compete for a job with them. So, but at the same time, they're, you know, although their deep secondary has people lining up to try and take jobs, their linebacking core is still at the same kind of like, eh, level. I mean, does, can, I don't know if you can skate by with that. Well, I, I mean, there are so many issues on that team. I think in order of priority, in my view, okay. is offensive line. Right. Then quarterback. Okay. Then I would argue that perhaps wide receiver is an issue for me because right. who's my quarterback going to throw to? And they did draft two guys. Right. Now, they still have Sheldon Richardson around for now and Leonard Williams. So defensive line for the Jets, let's talk about this, seems okay. to be a bit of a strength. They also did draft a defensive lineman. And, you know, I have to think that cornerback is a concern. Okay. But so was safety before right. the draft. Now right. safety's, now safety's not, a concern, kinda, kinda, not, a, yeah. not a concern. Cornerback, I you know, I don't know what to make of drafting a corner cornerbacks as late as they did. Right. Because it just seems to me in this pass hungry league, if you're a good cornerback, you're getting snapped up. Nineteen defensive backs were drafted, and that's both safety and cornerback mm-hmm. in the first two rounds, highest number ever. So we know this this is a pass happy league. Right. So in 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 essence, you know, the Jets are acknowledging that. I don't think that. 
I mean, it's important to have linebackers, but it's not the be-all, end-all anymore. Because I'd rather have a solid secondary, including my slot cornerback, mm-hmm. than have three, quote-unquote, three-down linebackers. Right. Not as important. So, so with, with the safeties that they took with their first two picks, I guess the next question is, what are they doing with Calvin Pryor and Marcus Gilchrist? Yeah, yeah, you have to think their their days are, they, are, are there. I mean, are they just wiping the slate clean and starting over? Sounds like it. I mean, sounds like they think that the prior obviously is a disappointment. I mean, they're looking to trade him. I think based upon the fact that they took Marcus May in this, with their second pick. Yeah, that, I know? mean that's the real because, signal because you can you, you if you don't think you can pass up Jamal Adams, right? You can pair him with Prior then, right? But the double down on safety says, yeah, we don't like yeah. what's going on there now. Right. Which is, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, and this and this draft wasn't, you know, flowing with offensive linemen either. So I'm sure that they feel as if it's probably a need, but they're going to have to figure out a way to address it. Right, right. I mean, I guess I guess you're right. I mean, I, I just – it just it, – it irks me when a team like this goes into a draft – and just kind of rolls the dice and doesn't do what you expect them to do. But then again, you know, you play devil's advocate and you say, well, they had so many holes to fill. What do you want them to do? Yeah. You know, their strategy is what it is. And, they, they, you know, no matter what strategy they took, they're going to get criticized. They're well, it sounds get... like it's best available player. Exactly. And, and who can argue with that? It's very true. For, the, for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, for them. Yeah. I mean, there, I think there's some teams that really supported, you know, their mission – uh, one being the Tennessee Titans, uh, got faster in this mm-hmm. draft for right. sure. Yes, uh, and and are inching closer to to being, I think, a really really good football team. Right. Um, I like what Tampa Bay did, grabbing OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. You know, there to pair him up with a Mike Evans and a Jameis Winston, and we can see if Doug Martin can screw his head on, on straight. You know, it looks like they have a plan there. Ironically enough. Orange juice, not his favorite drink. Hmm. Prefers cranberry juice. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. Hey, did you know? <laughs> that did you know? That comes at the sure. end of every every yeah. Sports Center segment. But now that they're just laying off thousands of employees. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's some teams I think, you know, you could see what they're doing. I still think the, I think the Browns improved themselves. Right. But. You know, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, the idea of picking a developmental quarterback, and we'll argue these merits later on with um, uh, the Giants, is that that guy will learn under an established quarterback. Right. Well, grabbing Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, he's going to learn under Cody Kessler. Right. I mean, it, you know, so yeah. that I, I don't get because of all the quarterbacks out there, he was the one who had the most to learn. Right, right. Well, and they, you know, and they grab him and you know, maybe he'll be their quarterback in the future, but you know, who knows. Well, yeah. Anyway, moving on, uh, I believe we have our first guest on the line today. Is that John Marks on the line there? It's me, guys. What's up? Hey, John, it's Jack and Kurt here on the Strike Zone. How you doing today, man? Uh, it was a long weekend, long draft weekend. Oh, so. so are you I mean, I'm sure you're still hungover. Oh, man, it was um <laughs> It was amazing. It was. I, I think um, you know Philly did a really good job with it. And with the NFL, I don't know if they kind of walked into something by accident or it was a plan. But we saw, I think, the first of a new wave of drafts that's coming. It was like a festival. It was. It was. Uh, we broadcasted down there. 
um, with WIP, and it was absolutely amazing. And I watched Saturday on TV, and it was uh, it was really really cool. Now, I did, thought they did a great job with it. Did you have to purchase extra insurance just to make sure that you were covered <laughs> in the event of an emergency? Uh, no, no insurance though. I did have uh, I did have a weapon on me though. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is good. That's John Marks in case the police are listening and, and that re- weapon is unregistered. Anyway, John, let me, let me start with this. Um, what, do, do you think that Philly did enough on defense? I mean, I mean do, does, their, does their linebacking core look like they're, you know, it's, it's okay? I mean, what, what do you think is the next move now post-draft based upon what they took? Um, I, I don't think that they didn't, did even close to enough, and that's because if you look at this roster – that if you're looking at the Eagles, when are the Eagles going to be able to compete? You would think probably 2019, 2020. I'm not talking about competing to win nine games, because really year to year almost anybody can win nine right, games. Right, right. I'm talking about being one of the top three teams in the conference that could on any particular year go to the, uh, the Super Bowl, the Green Bays, the Seattle, Dallas probably right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when can the Eagles be that team? still going to be a couple of years and they're really going to have to turn their roster over and it can't happen in just one draft you can't do it just via free agency um you, you know they drafted a, a corner that's not probably going to play this year in the second round who was a first round talent so you're going to have to wait a year on it but i think if you're looking long term i you know with these draft picks a lot of times it's a coin flip a lot of times it's even in the first round so you're hoping that you're getting productive starters and down further down the line, the third, fourth, fifth rounds, you need to find good players if you're going to rebuild this roster. It's going to take a couple of years, though. You're, you're, I think you're right. And, you know, I'm looking at the grades given to some of these guys. And, I mean, the, I mean they're all above five. So I, I don't think that you can really, like, you know, scratch your head and go, eh, what are you doing? I mean, and, and, and Derek Barnett had a 6.1 as a defensive end. So, I mean, it looks, I think you're right from the standpoint of, of that. I mean, now, based upon the moves that – the uh, that the Eagles made prior to the draft in, in who that who they added to their roster, can you foresee any specific moves uh, that they that they have to make before training camp? I mean, because like you said, they picked up the cornerback in the second round, who's going to you've got to wait a year. Then they picked up a cornerback in the third round. I mean, what I mean, and then they, they finished out the draft with a safety and a defensive tackle. What do you think they have to do specifically going forward from here? Yeah, and they signed a couple of wide receivers right. in the free agency, yep. Sean Jeffrey. Yep. They drafted two uh, wide receivers, so they're really stocked with wide receivers. The, the one, they've got to figure out who's going to be their running backs this year. So you have Darren Sproles, you have Pumphrey, who you just uh, drafted. Right. He's a little guy, five foot nine. I don't think he's never down back. You have Wendell Smallwood, who you drafted last year, but he doesn't really seem like he's an every down back. They may sign a free agent. Um, Ryan Matthews is still under contract, but he's at least thought to get going to get released, or maybe they, they redo his contract. I don't think anybody thought he was coming back. They they have to get a running back, and if it if it was me, and it seems like the Eagles were trying to trade up to get Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings kind of jumped ahead of him and uh, made a trade with the Bengals and selected him. Um, I I really want to Cook. I think he makes your offense. The dynamic of your offense, he just totally changes everything year one, even as a rookie. Uh, they weren't able to do it, and that's disappointing. But they, they have to continue to add playmakers to this team, and they can start with the running back position. Because even though we know it's a passing league, a young quarterback and a young team can really take the pressure off with a good running back. I, I, I would have to agree with that. I don't think there's any argument with that. Now, John, uh, when I was listening to – you know, the draft and, and the name of, um, you know, Derek Barnett came up. 
and where he comes from in Tennessee, naturally there's an inclination to you know align him with the great Reggie White, which is in, virtually impossible to do because and and we have a whole generation of fans who never saw people like Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor, who are talents that are incomparable, um, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, because he comes from Tennessee, now Barnett comes in. He's a young guy. He's 20 years old. Um, seems like it's a, a little bit of a developmental guy. But do you think how much, how much do you think Jim Schwartz can get out of him next year, or does he have a little bit of a learning curve still? Well, I mean, I, I, I guess year one, he's, he's, yeah, you throw him up there in training camp and say win the job. They have two veterans there, Vinny Curry and Brandon Graham, who really you would think would just get the job just based on the salary and, and um, just that they've been in the league. But, I mean, at, at this point, any, any of these jobs are available. This is what I'll say about Barnett. The Eagles have drafted two uh, defensive ends in the last, let's say, um, eight years. Brandon Graham was middle of the first round. Marcus Smith was 2013, I think, with Chip Kelly. He was number 26. And Smith has done virtually nothing, and Brandon Graham had turned himself into a good defensive end. Not a Pro Bowl guy, close. Not a double-digit sack guy, but does a lot of different things. If Barnett can be around Brandon Graham, if he can do what Brandon Graham has done in his career, you'd have to consider it successful. It's middle of the first round. It's 14th overall. Now, if he can be better than that, if he can be uh, a double-digit sack guy for a couple years, then it's, it's even that much of a bonus. But you know, I, I think fans, and I'm guilty of it, you get into a first-round draft pick, and immediately it's like this guy's got to be a star, or or it's or you know it's a, it's a failure. No, I mean you have to get good, good, solid starting players on your team, and you need stars, sure, but not everybody you're going to draft is a star. So I would say this year with with Barnett, you just hope he's a part of the rotation. You hope he's able to get to the quarterback a little bit, and uh, you see some flashes of potentially maybe a Pro Bowl player. Yeah, and I mean you also have Chris Long in the mix now as well. Yeah, in, in line rotation. Yeah, he, he's a veteran. I don't, I don't want to call him a band aid, but he's here. You know, the NFL. You sign these guys in their thirties. It's, it's the coming and that depth, and uh, and move these young guys along. Again, when you look at the Eagles roster, Brandon Graham's probably not going to be here when the team actually starts truly contending. Vinny Curry, I doubt, is going to be here. We know Long's not going to be here. There's only a handful of guys on this team that's likely to be here in three years or so. Yeah, and I mean, what 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 do you make of Michael Kendricks? I mean, I, I have my you know, sometimes he plays, he looks like an all-world talent, and then there are other times it's like, was he on the field today? Yeah, he's, he is, he, I, I think you have the right read on him. He is tremendously inconsistent. He has issues staying on the field. He has games where he looks like he should be in the Pro Bowl. His games that you don't even know he's playing because he disappears. And that's been the problem with Michael Kendricks. And the way Jim Schwartz runs his defense, his third linebacker, which is Kendricks, he only played, I believe, 27% of the snaps last year, which for a guy that's making $6 million, just that doesn't work in the NFL. So I think they were trying to trade him around the draft. I know right at free agency they were trying to trade him. And I think teams were like, yeah, we're interested, but we're not interested in giving up much because he has a pretty big salary. So look for the Eagles to possibly keep him more likely cut him after June 1st because then they can spread that, that cap hit over the course of two seasons. But, I mean, I like Hendricks as a player. He signed, a, 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 he signed an extension off his rookie contract. He was a second-round pick. He has everything you need. He, he can rush the passer. Um, he's athletic. But he's just never really been able to put it together for a full season. And for whatever reason, this, this defensive coordinator we have here, Jim Schwartz, 
doesn't seem to want to be creative enough to get them on the field. Yeah. Now, John, you mentioned – I want to go back to something you said real quick. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, the moves that they made prior to the draft to bring in the wide receivers that they did, and then they did draft two additional wide receivers uh, in the, the fourth and fifth round. Um, how do you – I mean, any inclination as to what kind of role uh, these guys are going to have, what kind of packages you're going to be looking – I mean, what, what do you think these guys project to in, you know, in year one, assuming that, assuming that they're on the field? Well, Shelton seems to me, out of West Virginia, he seems to me he's going to be the guy that is going to be in certain packages that they'll try to use because he, he does have not elite speed, but he has kind of, he has, he's kind of a, a playmaker, throw the ball up, let him kind of run underneath. Right, he does have that big-time vertical ability. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I think that you'll see a little bit of that with him. Um, Holland's the other guy. I mean, I, I, when they drafted him, they were saying that, oh, he's a special team wizard. I didn't hear much about his receiving ability. So I don't know what you can expect from him year one. But then you have, you have um, Alshon Jeffrey, you have Torrey Smith, you have Jordan Matthews, who's, who's on his final year of a contract. And no one in Philadelphia thinks that he's going to be signing a new contract here. So your guess is as good as mine what they're going to do outside of those three guys. Uh, Doriel Green-Beckham, who was acquired last year, a former second-round pick from the Titans, he's got the speed, he's got the size, he's got the skill. He, I don't know what's going on with him. He's never been able to put it together in the NFL. He may be a casualty here uh, once, the, once the season gets going. So I would see an, an first-round pick, Nelson Aguilar, from a couple of years ago, who has done nothing since he came to Philadelphia. So I would say the young guys are more or less fighting out for a fourth uh, wide receiver. But, you know, in the NFL, you see fourth wide receivers get in the game quite a bit. Right, yeah. Yeah. Now, John, when I was mocking, you know, this draft to see who might fall, actually, you know, to the Giants. Oh, I thought you meant, like, making fun of. That's my fault. No, I was mocking, <laughs> I was mocking, I was mocking your draft. Yeah, well, you just mocked <laughs> me, period. There's no draft involved. Uh, I thought initially – that a guy like Gary and Conley would be in the mix, you know, for the Eagles. Um, and then with his troubles, do you think that may have he may have been on their board and then his troubles may have swayed them to a, a Barnett, who I think probably was also on their board. But I think the I think the urgent need of the Eagles is in that secondary, though. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Because I know Sidney Jones, before he got home, he was talked about going to – Hope like everybody was hoping that he would be there when the Eagles picked. No one actually thought he would be. Who knows what would have happened when the draft actually started? Being that what happened in the top ten, no one believed what was going to happen in the top ten, so no one could have predicted that. Um, yeah, I, I do think Connolly would have certainly been a, a possibility, just like Jones. There's no doubt in the NFL. Like when you look at who gets paid the, the most salaries as far as positions, you're talking about on on defense, you're talking about defensive end, you're talking about cornerback. That's who makes the big money on on offense. It's quarterbacks and offensive tackles you know running backs don't make as much as some of the other players so when you're looking at that first round pick while a lot of fans wanted a running back i think the eagles like you said wanted a corner or wanted a defensive end and when uh Connolly happened well that stuff happened with him it, i think it was easy for them to select barnett when he slid to 14 yeah yeah because i think um the eagles would have had a, a very tough decision had marshawn uh Lattimore, uh dropped a few more spots there because I think the Saints got a real, real deal there. Yeah, they did. Hey, if you're in the market for a defensive player in this draft and you're picking in the teams, you're probably pretty happy today because you've got guys who, you know, you know how this league values offense and, and a lot of times overvalues offense. And 
when you have three quarterbacks and three running backs and two wide receivers taken in just the first handful of picks, you're going to get defensive guys that slip. And when there's defensive guys that have troubles and have off-the-field issues, then you're going to have them slip even more. So there's teams that were further down the draft that, that definitely feel good about the player that they got. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. Some of the receivers, uh, in fact, three tight ends went in the first you know, which was highly unusual, you know, as well. Um, I think that the I think text, Tom Jones wrote a song about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the tight, tight ends, uh, you, you know, we'll see down the line how that pans out. It, it typically doesn't for teams, you know, kind of no, overvaluing it, it, tight it ends. No, it doesn't. And, and it really is. Like, if you're talking about a solid pick, and Howie Roseman came up, the GM of the Eagles came up kind of under Andy Reid, and Andy Reid was all about the lines. He was about defensive ends. He was about corners. So you look at their top three picks. What did they take? They took the defensive end. They took two cornerbacks. It's really not a surprise. That's what they did. Yeah, and and I, I think I think time will tell. I mean, I think this Eagles draft is really going to depend on um, you know how it pans out with Sidney Jones. Um, if, if he becomes the player we think he can become, this this could be an A plus draft for the Eagles. And the same with Barnett, which I think he he has the potential to to be a, a very impactful player for the Eagles. Um, so it could turn out to be an, an A-plus draft. It's, uh, like I said, a lot's going to depend on Sidney Jones. Yeah, you need that number one corner, and how do you get a number one corner? Normally, just through the draft, because if you're buying the guy in free agency, you're spending a ton, a ton of money, and you know, half the time they don't even work out. So how do you do it? Well, you normally have to have a, a, a high draft pick in the first round, or you have to be a, a team that knows what they're doing, or you've got to get a little bit lucky. So with Jones, he has that number one corner potential. And let's face it, guys, in the NFC East, you have Dez and you have, uh, and you have uh, Beckham and yeah, Odell, and that's not good. So you need corners to cover these guys. You need number one corner. and They might have just gotten them in Sydney. Yeah. Um, as far as other, before we let you run, um, I think the 49ers with John Lynch at the helm did a great job. Um, I, think, I think the time will tell on the Browns. Um, I think the Bears did a horrible job. Any any teams stick out to you other than those? Yeah, I thought Kai, I heard you talking while I was on hold. I thought I thought that Sean Kaiser pick was really interesting. If I was the Browns, I would I would try to be bad again for another year. Yeah. So whether Kaiser or not is the quarterback of the future, and he can develop. Well, he can develop a little bit this year, and the team will not be any good. But I, they're almost playing Moneyball there in Cleveland. They won a lot of draft picks and. If they want to get a, a, a true quarterback of the future and they don't think it's Kaiser, they're probably going to have a, a top pick next year to do it. In the process, you're drafting a lot of young guys. Um, San Francisco, I don't know if it was dumb luck with John Lynch or he really is that good. I think it was a little but, bit of both. Man, yeah, quite. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is a little bit of both. I, I, I'm still shocked that the Bears did what they did. However, if Trubisky can play, no one's going to talk about those two threes and the four. It was probably just extremely unnecessary to do it. Yeah. And um, as far as anything else, I mean, I, I, I look at what the Bucks did, the Buccaneers did, and they didn't really add much to their defense in the in the first couple of rounds. But that offense looks dynamic right now. You have a couple wide receivers that balance themselves to, into Sean and Mike Evans. Now you have a, a, a potential Pro Bowl tight end, and I know they grabbed a, a running back as well. So they look like they're they're really going to be a good, young, exciting team. Yeah, I, I think going back to your Kaiser, you know, comment. The one thing about Moneyball and baseball is that you draft on the projection, but
but these guys get to play it at single A, double A, and triple A, so they a can develop development it. process. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, we don't have the NFL Europe anymore. You know, like where is <laughs> Kaiser going to develop? Well, I mean, have, there's only the so Canadian much you can do. League, yeah. <laughs> yeah. During, during the season, probably. Yeah, well, well, I don't think the Browns are going to win many games. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like so you either got to play him, or is he learning under the, the tutelage of uh, Cody Kessler? I mean, come on. So yeah. I, I just I looked at that as a wasted pick. I really did. And and I see the Bengals, and I, I looked what they did with uh, Joe Mixon. And you want to draft Joe Mixon? Yeah, it didn't surprise me with the Bengals. But then they drafted a kid in the sixth round, and then immediately afterwards said, "Oh, well, we could release him." Who is right, 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 <laughs> right. Like, well, hold on. Did, did they not know that, that this guy had, had gotten into trouble? It's like the guy in your fantasy football league that drafts the injured player, right? And they're like, they didn't know. They're like, oh, whoops, I didn't know. Did Browns not know what they were doing? I know. I know. Sounds like me in a relationship. I just have no idea what I'm doing sometimes. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, John, can't thank you enough for popping on for a couple of minutes. Really appreciate it. And uh, I guess anything's better than watching the Phillies right now. Yes, it is. Or the the Mets. Or the Mets. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. At least our at least the Phillies pitchers aren't swearing off MRIs and then having torn lap. <laughs> this is true. This is true. You well, cannot the, argue fact. Buckholt actually apologized for getting hurt. Yeah, that sounds like yes, a Canadian thing to do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Hey, John. Take Bye, care. Guys. That's John Marks of Philly Sports Talk. We are now reaching halftime here on the show, so we are going to take a quick break. Come back, talk some Giants. Take your phone calls six zero nine four six zero four six seven three. And a lot more. So stick around. We'll be back right after this, right here on the Strike Zone. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm John. Do you have trouble navigating social media for your online marketing, whether it be for your business or social life? I don't know what I do, Carrie. I need help on both ends. <laughs> well, on our show, like, comment, share, we'll discuss some innovative strategies and fun tips so anyone can become social media savvy. We'll also cover the trending topics and hashtags of that day. Ooh, trending topics. Check us out every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. at panjradio.com. And it's a live show, and you can call us while we're on air at 609 460 4673. Or email us at lcs at panjradio.com. See you then. See you then. What if your mattress not only helped you sleep better at night, it also helped you heal better? Chiromatic of Princeton's mattresses are clinically proven to reduce back pain and stiffness and improve overall sleep quality. Now in our 40th year, our patented sports mattress line specifically targets muscle recovery as you sleep. Chiromatic of Princeton prides itself on great customer service too. We show our mattresses by appointment only. Contact us at 908-200-5549 for your personal tour at our Princeton Junction, New Jersey showroom. Use the coupon code RADIO and get $100 off at checkout. We always include free shipping and our 100-night better sleep money-back guarantee with every purchase. Chiromatic of Princeton Sleep Systems, doctor recommended, patient approved. The chiropractor's choice for a perfect night's sleep. So call us today at 908-200-5549 and use the coupon code RADIO. That's 908 200 
888-5549 and use the coupon code radio for $100 off now. PANJ Radio serves the Delaware River towns of Lambertville, New Jersey and New Hope, Pennsylvania, as well as surrounding counties Bucks, Hunterdon and Mercer. Now, there's a great new app for your smartphone to help you get the best deals in Lambertville and New Hope, including restaurant discounts, plus a handy directory of everything happening here, a calendar of events like live musical performances and gallery openings, and listings on everything from where to get the best pizza to the best parking spot. You can download the app for free in no time by searching for Lambertville New Hope on your smartphone's app page. But there's more. Got a business you'd like advertised on the app? Have we got a deal for you? Just go to lnhapp.com, click Choose Your Plan, then submit coupon code PANJRADIO. Our code will save you the $39.99 setup charge. Once again, go to www.lnhapp.com and click the Choose Your Plan, then add the coupon code PANJRADIO to save the $39.99 setup charge on your business listing. The cost to promote your business on the LNH app is just $9.99 per month or $100 for the entire year. And remember, downloading and using the app is absolutely free. And by using the PANJ radio code, you pay no setup charge. It's our way of thanking you for listening to PANJ radio, your Delaware River Towns community radio station. Welcome back to the Strike Zone, everyone. Jack Furlong, Kurt Maxson with you. Your phone calls now, 609-460-4673. Get on the horse and chime in. Uh, before we get to all that, let me get a quick read-in real quick. This segment of uh, the show is brought to you by the OSIP Foundation Incorporated, where OSIP stands for Outstanding Sportsmanship is Paramount. OSIP hosts various free trivia nights in the area each week. we got a triple header this week. We are. I am going to be tired, okay? That's how, that's how good of a, uh, of a week it's going to be. Uh, tonight, we will be at the Buttonwood Grill in Peddler's Village, 7.30 p.m. start. Tomorrow, we will be at uh, Pizzeria Uno in Hamilton, uh, 7.30 p.m. start. And then Wednesday, Uno of Mapleshade, 6 p.m. start. And the one on Tuesday is our biannual dough raiser. So if you come to play trivia and you bring the uh, voucher that's available on our website at osipfoundation.org slash documents, and uh, don't tell anyone, we'll have some extras there in case you forget, um, then a percentage of your check gets donated to us. So it goes to a great cause. You can have fun playing trivia. It's a, it's a wonderful time. Uh, Kurt even said he might even make an appearance, depending upon how many women he can get to join him. Is that right, Kurt? <laughs> that, that is true, um, and depended on the – wasn't the uh, – May 2nd, the email that we got, very busy baseball day. Did you get that email? Oh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> very busy baseball day. I'm like, yeah. really? Really? So, yeah, but I, I, I just still said, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Thank you. Yeah. Got, got stuff to do. Yeah. It's hard enough doing these games. And then, like today, I was just telling you, I got a game out in Montgomery. And then as soon as that's done, I got to speed all the way to Peddler's Village. Yeah. I did that once. Actually, I did it twice. I did... A couple weeks ago, I was in Montgomery, had a three-hour freshman game, and then had to get over to Jake's in Richboro. That should be outlawed. It should be outlawed. 
and then I think another time, I, the other time was I had uh, a Pennington Prep varsity game and then had to get to the Peddler's Village right after that. At least that one was a decent game. That one was a, was a walk-off in the bottom of the seventh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough life, but someone's got to do it. That's it. So might you're as well, the man. Might, you're, the, uh, you're the chosen one. Uh, yes, I'm like Jesus. Let's just go that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we need more sound effects. We on do the need. Show. Well, you know, we just need a big board just of sound effects of just drops, <laughs> like they have on some Doing. other show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to start stealing drops from like Michael Kay and Mike Francesa, and go. just in the middle of things, you're just going to hear things from their shows. And you're like, what the hell am I listening to? Hey, hey. You know? Either that, or it's just going to be it's going to be our drops, and in the middle in the middle of anything, you're just going to hear any questions. You know, it's uh, let's just say as many dumb things as we can for those drops. It'll be it'll be fun. So anyway, uh, we didn't talk about the Giants yet. So I figure since you're here, like you always are, yeah. and you are the Giants master, uh, let me defer to you okay. to start by giving us a summary of your thoughts of the job that the Giants did in the draft. It's um. It's a bit. I thought it was a bit strange uh-huh. to be be quite honest with you. Um, and I was trying to think how I could relate it to to everyone. And this is what I came up with. Okay. You ever when they do surveys and they find out that you know eighty five percent of the people hate Congress. That's pretty much right. A, I think that's a low number to be honest okay, with you. Now. But, but <laughs> I'm just saying that the, we come up eighty five percent hate yeah, Congress. Exactly hates Lincoln. <laughs> And but if you survey the same people, they like their congressman, right, or woman. Okay, okay. So it's it's a bit of a schizophrenic thing, and that's kind of how I feel about the Giants draft. Like I like the players. It just if you're a Super Bowl contender, which right? They would have to figure to be. You, I mean, you, they went eleven yeah. five last year. Yeah, exactly. And they the add some pieces yeah. in free agency. Yep. Then. You know, getting, you know, uh, uh, Evan Ingram, where they got him, I, I like the kid. I I think he's going to be a heck of a football player. Yeah. I just don't know how much that brings them closer to the Super Bowl, given the fact that they had already signed Brandon Marshall. Right. Now, right. we understand that Ingram is a matchup nightmare. Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. There's only one football. Yeah. Okay, so you got Beckham, you got Sterling Shepard. You got Marshall. Okay, now you got Ingram. The one thing he does do is he provides a little bit more for defenses to look at instead of this plain vanilla three wide receiver set that we saw 89% of the time with the Giants. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's only one football. I don't know that there's enough targets to go around. And my thing is with the Giants losing to Green Bay last year, what stood out to me was – how often that defense was on the field and the defense was dog-tired by the end of that game. Right. So now you're going to have this greatest show on turf offense and your defense is going to be playing yeah. 35 minutes a game. Right. And you didn't, you didn't do too, too much to, to help that defense in this draft. I mean, well, th- well d- d- not just the defense, but the fact that, you know, to support your defense – you got to have a running game. Right. And, you know, I'm not one of these guys that, that thinks that, you know, to, uh, to John Mark's point, you know, that running backs are the be-all, end-all in the first round. Right. I think there was some value there. I definitely like Christian McCaffrey, but 
but I can take or leave a running back in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think I can. And then the Giants found value they're, in Paul Perkins last they're year. They're a dime a dozen. They're right? like astromech droids in Star Wars. So, yep. okay. But the biggest thing is that you have to have an established running attack um, to be able, in some cases, to run out the clock right. or to punch it across the goal line. And I just don't see having gotten Brandon Marshall in free agency and now adding Evan Ingram to the mix, I just don't see where all the targets are going to come from. Right. And you told me. Or go to. Didn't you tell point. me, I mean, you, you were mocking these drafts and not making fun of them, of course. You had a, I don't think you had Evan Ingram as the Giants' number one pick in any of your I ha- I, I in, in, all on, in all honesty, I, I went lineman because I think at 23rd, I still think Ramzik, Ryan Ramzik from Wisconsin is going to turn out to be a good player. Right. Is he going to turn out to be Anthony Munoz? No, he's not. Probably not. Right. But I think you insert him on that offensive line, it, it gets better. Right. And they didn't they didn't take an offensive tackle till their very, very last. And that's a project. Yeah. So if you're a Super Bowl contender, your biggest weakness is offensive line and running back. Right. And I'm not sold on the kid they got from Clemson either at the running back position. I, I like um, Dalvin Tomlinson at defensive tackle. The kid's a solid citizen. He's a renaissance man. Right. Um, clean character for somebody from Alabama. And I'm not saying that tongue-in-cheek i'm saying right. that in all honesty right which is why reuben foster you know fell you know and i i look at him as the space eater to take jonathan hankins place so to me that was a good move mm-hmm. um hankins 30 million dollars over three years exorbitant contract right. exorbitant so you bring tomlinson in he can compete for the job next year no doubt and be rota- at the worst case scenario is a rotational guy yep okay I like that. Davis Webb, I like the kid. I think he's going to be a decent quarterback in the NFL. But once again, your third-round pick, you know, on a guy who's now deemed to be the third quarterback could, I guess, get into the mix to be the backup. I mean, how does that help you get to the Super Bowl? You're right. You're right. I I mean, we everyone was talking about how this is kind of like the the time to start thinking about the post-Eli era. And yet, but why? Yeah, exactly. I, that's my next point: is why are we doing that with a third round pick at this point? I mean, but why are we worried about the post Eli era when you're on the cusp of just adding a couple of pieces and and being a legit Super Bowl yeah, contender? I agree. Did, did anybody watch Super Bowl Fifty Two and what happened? Yeah. When you don't have a running game, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, the Falcons should have had that in the bag. If yep. there was anything that was a fresh wound in people's mind. It's that game. It, it should yeah. have been that game. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I agree. And and listen, and and that and I, and like I said, I'm I'm not quarreling with the specifics of the first three picks because I like them all as players. Right. But but from the way that they fit into the puzzle of that complete puzzle. Yeah. I I'm with you. So what do they do now on offensive line with you know Eric Flowers? You I'll know, tell you what I would do. What's that? I would lob a call into. Um, Mr. John Lynch. Okay, and I try to see what it takes to get Joe Staley in here. Okay, from from the Forty Nineers. Now they seem like they have an inclination to to make a deal. Like Lynch is doing this the right way in San okay. Francisco. He's Tear not, it down. Yeah, yep. Build it up. Yep. Okay. Hey, he looks like he's doing it the right way. I would lob a call into him. Now the other guy is Joe Thomas. 
I'd call the Cleveland Browns a dumpster fire, right? Except that insults dumpster fires all across the United <laughs> it, States. It, ins- it insults Ryan Dempster, who had a dumpster fire. He had a terrible in dumpster fire. He couldn't get, as you he, said, he couldn't get out of the first inning. Exactly, and that was karma coming back to him for for being the morality police in and with a rod and hitting a rod, actually missing him the first three times. Yeah, well, yeah. that speaks to the quality of of. He, you know, he he's definitely command. the he's definitely the uh, the the antithesis of a Canadian because you would think that after missing him the first three times he would go sorry missed you and then hit him and then sorry I hit you yeah you know and then of course I, I forget who was behind the plate that day the umpire yeah Brian the, O'Nora Brian O'Nora I'll oh, never yeah, forget yes, that yes, yes, it was yes. O'Nora bro no uh, uh, like clueless exactly like, oh we're gonna warn everybody exactly now. Oh, and then Girardi he just comes. took three shots at yeah. him finally hit him and you're gonna give a warning yeah. Yeah, that was the most of all, and I don't generally agree agree with like announcers when they say, "Oh, well, so and so should get his, you know, two cents in here right. and, and and complain." I don't disagree one bit with him. Yeah, you know, that was one time where, where you're just like, like, "Okay, Girardi, just you're, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right on you're this right. one." Yeah, and I I, I got I would have to go back and look, but I don't recall Onora getting a lot of playoff assignments since then. No, so, I I agree. You know, I but our he, big. You know, our big buddy retired this year, so there's less to pick on as far as umpires. Which big buddy? Uh, Davidson. Right? Oh, yeah. Balkan Bob did retire. Oh, John yeah. Hirschbeck retired. Yeah. Jim Joyce retired. Jim Joyce always was in the top tier of umpires. Hates to- Lincoln. <laughs> no, but he was always in the top tier of umpires. He, he- and I guarantee he blew more calls yep. than he-, he cost somebody a perfect game. Well, you know what? It's funny. <laughs> but, it, but you know what it was? He got along with the players. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Jim Joyce, he's a great umpire. He, Not he really. Never, you, you wouldn't know who Jim Joyce was until he blew Armando Galarraga's perfect game in Detroit. He handled that like, like a true gentleman, you know, did everything right to, to make well, a the crying really helped. The crying helped. <laughs> the fact that he wrote a book with Galarraga as well, you know. So, so that whole thing. And then, and since then, you know, and you look at the reports, they say that he's always usually like number one or within the top couple of umpires who the players and the managers Absolutely. love. Even in the game last year between Houston and Cleveland, where he blew that one with the pass ball, the, the foul ball, I forget exactly, it was late in the year, and, and it was actually in favor of Cleveland. And A.J. Hinch, the manager of Houston, got run from that and whatnot. And in the post game, they asked Terry uh, Francona about it, and, and he just said, look, all I can tell you is that that guy, meaning Joyce, yeah. gives 110% exactly. every time. He's, he's, he's a true gentleman and a professional. And let's just like waxing poetic about I know. him. And I know. Listen, I like the guy too, okay? But you're, I, I mean, you're right in that, you know, more often than not, you know, he was starting to blow some calls. Oh, so, terribly, terribly. But you know what? I, hey, when you're when when you're when you're that good of a guy and you can get that kind of a response from them, I'm like, okay, fine. I I, you know, and I felt bad for the guy too because he got such an unfair treatment after blowing that perfect game with the death threats yeah. against him and his family and yep. whatnot. That's, I mean, that's that's the epitome of poor sportsmanship right oh, there. Totally. And everything that we stand for is to say, come on. All right, you want to, you want to rip him a little bit for doing that? Fine, sure. I, I don't have a leg to stand on. Leave his family out of it. Right, not rocket science. Right. Okay, the daughter didn't didn't blow the game. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we digress. We digress. So the Giants are terrible. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's what. Hey, that's what'll come on Twitter because exactly. I made the point of, you know, on Twitter this weekend, and of course I got the trolls after me about, hey, look at what Temple is doing. Right. 
you know, we had Joe, Hol- you know, should be Hall of Famer, Joe Klecko announcing their draft pick, but the, Hassan Reddick, you know, you see Temple people getting drafted left and right. right. And I'm like, so, of course, you know, the guy sends me the list of Rutgers players in the NFL, you know, conveniently uh, missing the point that, that that list is pretty old now at this point. Right. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna add Ray Rice to that list now? Or, <laughs> you know, Devin McCourty, he's on the other side of 30. You can know? I, you know I, I mean? can I just been, hit my head with this microphone right now? It's, yeah. it's, it's been a while, folks. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, well. And, of course, what, what fans do is, first he said, you know, somebody gave me some snide remark about enjoy it today. Enjoy it today. I went to Rutgers. Yeah. Okay, people? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not yeah. that I'm, I'm looking at it. You're not Lou DiPietro, the the Temple alum. I'm looking at it from a point of neutrality. Hey, good for Temple. Hey, Rutgers, this could happen if you get your head out of someplace Uh and start putting together a football program. And Chris Ash this, Chris Ash that. Guess what? You lost 78-0 to Michigan, okay? And I only hear about Kyle Flood because he's gone. So you know what? If they lose... 78 whatever next year i don't want to hear about it. yeah i don't, don't want to be here they need to get better yesterday yeah you don't have a leg to stand on for a a, a good chunk of time a good when, chunk of time but you know what have the program get better yeah. immediately you, there's no excuses right. of this oh it'll take a couple years bullcrap you know how did michigan turn around right when they hired harbaugh well that was Derek jeter's so <laughs> but you, yeah. you, you know what i'm saying like boom he jumped in there with both feet and said and that's I got a this. national yep. contending program now i understand the dynamics are differently or different but guess what you're both in the big 10 yeah so you know get your act together rutgers yeah no i i, I mean like i was gonna say when you if you lose a game 78 to nothing uh you don't have a leg to stand on to talk about pretty much anything you 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 get have, out on the recruiting yeah. trail Get players in here who can play. Get in-state players in here who can play. Stop ignoring the people like we've talked to on this radio show. Matt yeah. Ioditis, yep. uh, Anthony Ferkser. Get them in here. Yeah. It's not rocket science. They're local people. Yeah. Venture from New Brunswick once in a while. Right. You know, I don't want to hear that You know, we're in the mix for some five-star cornerback in Florida that you're not going to get. Right. Right. Start to look I, around and start to say, no, that kid can play. Because you know what? Those recruiting rankings are, are garbage anyhow. Yeah. I mean, because how many times like they get the five-star recruit, he comes in, he's garbage. It's, I mean, it's a, we've talked about this a million times before. It's a complete crapshoot. You, you're dealing with kids here. You are recruiting high school kids to play at a college level. There is no guarantee that any, any scout who says anything knows will, will be anywhere near correct with this stuff. You, have, you, can, you can go a little bit on the eye test, and, and, and then that's it. And then you have to say, all right, let's, you know, let, let's throw it to the wind. And, and by the way, too, I mean, Rutgers didn't even have a red white game. Yeah. Because too many people were getting hurt. And we're running out of starters. And oh. I mean, come on. You want to run a top-level Division One Big Ten program? You got to have, have the spring game. And, you know, it's just... Raise your level. Yep. Yeah. Raise your level. Exactly. And you don't, I don't and care. Chris Ash, Honeymoon, blah, 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 blah. Raise your level. And you don't have to do that by trying to go and get, get recruits from all over this no, country. No, I'm, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing for the five-star recruit quarterback out of Pennsylvania or the five-star recruiting... Uh, cornerback, you know, out right. of Florida. No, there are enough local players, as we have seen, right. Hassan Reddick, hint, hint, 
well, at here, the temple. Well, he was a walk-on at temple. Well, here's the God's other sake. thing too. Here's the other thing too. I mean, looking at it from kind of like like an economic standpoint, if you want your program to grow, okay, you 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 recruit the local guys, and then all of a sudden, the number of fans who come to support your program increases significantly because they're local. But the, no question about that. You know, you but never, the other the other point too is people. Even when the Yankees have had for them down seasons, right? Why why do people still go to the games? Because they're the Yankees. And what does that mean? That they have they have a a a, a tradition of excellence. of excellence. They have a brand. So it's not necessarily. I mean, they'll get four million people when they're contending. Yeah. But even when they're not contending, people understand that there still is a tradition of excellence there. Right. And and. The way they hold even their prospects accountable, i.e., Clint Frazier, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain way of anybody. Jorge play- Mateo, you know, yeah, right. Anybody that that knows the system, to me, that's why they go see the Yankees. Yeah. Now, if you want to look at, and hopefully Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush can take care of the Marlins. Yep. That joke of an owner in Miami, Jeffrey Jeff, Loria. Jeff yeah. Loria. Trust me, if Jeter and Bush buy the team and they implement, you know, a system down there of excellence, yep. which I can only imagine that Jeter will be able to do, mm-hmm. uh, only like Derek Jeter can do, right? You're going to see more people at their games. I, I would agree, and not to mention also, assuming that they keep the the current regime in line, there's no better manager for that than Don Manningly, too, right. I think. You know? Exactly. And and then look at all the years the Cubs floundered. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was just, oh, okay, Theo's in the top seat now. Oh, we, we're, we're better. No. no. He, he brought his system in there, and now they won the World Series for the first time in, what, 108? 3,000 years. 3,000 years. That's a lot of years. Since Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was the starting shortstop. Yeah. Okay? And right fielder. And mm-hmm. and the third starter and the second starter and the catcher. Did he play for Joseph? Probably. Pontius Pilate. Pontius, <laughs> Pontius Pilate was doing play by play on the radio. <laughs> anyway, we digress again. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, and and, the, and my my last takeaway going back to the Giants yeah. draft here uh, to to finish up things is when Reese gets questioned about you know why. If O.J. Howard was indeed on his board, and I'm not going to argue the merits of Howard versus Engram, right? But if he was on their board, why not trade up and try and get him? Mm-hmm. Now Howard is a more complete tight end than Engram, right? Uh, it's a valid question. Answer it. And he's so don't defensive. Act like, don't act like God up there. Like yeah. you don't know our draft board. Like I know our draft board, and we the system. Da da da. Dude, you made the playoffs one time at a last. Five years. You're, you can't. You, you can be questioned. Yes. They all are, and that's why I think Cashman is such a great GM. He has this co- running conversation with the media, mm-hmm. and there's a transparency yes. about what goes on. Yep. No, the Giants have this big, you know, and then you dare question us, the Giants. Yes, yeah. we we have a system in place. You don't know our system, and, yeah. and stop asking dumb questions. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a part of your system. My dad's not a phone. <laughs> a little threw it on the ground there. <laughs> Well, I, I I think I don't think you could have said it any better than that. So so we, yeah, I mean, time will tell. But I just you know, I think offensive line. I agree. Unless I, they unless 
you know, hey, listen, we're not there. Maybe Jerry Reese is putting those calls into John Lynch. Maybe Eric Flowers is meeting with Jesus right now. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, does That'd Jesus be the next miracle? Does Jesus Skype? He might. He might. Well, he does now. And if Babe Ruth was the Messiah, all Catholics would have beer and hot dogs at communion. <laughs> well, that's strike three, so I'm afraid this at bat is over. My thanks to Kurt Maxson to John March. We'll be back with you live next Monday at noon Eastern. Until then, you can reach us on Twitter at Jack Furlong and at KurtMack23, respectively. Be sure to check out the show's blog, osipfoundation.org slash the strike zone, as well as the Facebook page, facebook.com slash strike zone, P-A-N-J radio. Till next time, don't get caught looking in the strike zone.